What's up, Mindset Fam? And thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Mindset Podcast. Now, if you're anything like me, you love vintage clothing. And if you love vintage clothing, then you are going to love today's episode. On today's episode, we have our good friend Josh from Dave's Freshly Used. And you'll quickly find out that we call him Dave, Josh, all of the above. You'll get it later. But if you love vintage clothing, you are going to be impressed with Dave's collection, especially if you are a UF Gator fan. Trust me, this guy has it all. Vintage clothing, memorabilia. He has some very unusual things part of his collection, as you will soon find out. But without further ado, stay tuned and enjoy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Podcast. Today, we have Josh from Dave's Freshly Used here in Gainesville. Josh, you are the first guest we have from Gainesville. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're so happy to have you on. So excited to hear your story. Uh, you're one of the, the best entrepreneurs as far as story-wise that we've heard, and we're so excited to, to get to know you a little bit more. So before we get started and asking you questions about your business, we, of course, have to go through our lightning round of warm-up questions. The first one is, what is the weirdest gift you have ever received? So I brought it along with me. I actually just recently got this, and it's by far one of my favorite <laughs> things that I own now. I got not only the 1992 Sugar Bowl jock strap, <laughs> oh, but go. I've nice. got the... <laughs> 1995 Sugar Bowl oh, jock strap oh as well. My gosh. <laughs> you got to frame that somewhere, man. <laughs> Whenever I, I either want to frame them already and put them up on my wall, but if I ever get a store there, it's the first thing that's going up. It they're the guy claims that they weren't worn, but you know, I, I still kind of keep them in a bag in the meantime. <laughs> Just take a sniff. I think that'll give it away. <laughs> I, whenever I first took him out of the bag, I could kind of smell a little bit of a musky. I was like, mm, mm, I don't know about yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's, I think, Anthony, correct me if I, I think that's probably by far the, and we've asked this question not too many times, but definitely a handful of times. And that's, I think, the weirdest thing. Like, 100%. people have, yeah, people have said yeah. like ornaments or like different gag gifts, but dude, a jock strap. I don't the care whose it's thing, from, bro. It's that's weird. The only thing that would make these better is unfortunately we lost both of these games, but oh, like the the 92 man. was against Notre Dame and the 95 was against Florida State, but I mean, I love like the clothing is one thing, but the just the weird obscure knickknacks, like people find wow. like, you know, like there there's anything you can possibly imagine with a gator branding on it but most of that stuff was like mass produced and for this to literally come off the uh jock of a player like how many of these are flown around <laughs> yeah honestly that's 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 pretty that's pretty insane man you got you got your hands on some real gold there but uh oh my gosh that's that's awesome but let's let's move on to our next question this is also one of my favorites and um this i ask this question every time and i still i, I mean living in miami i don't know how many restaurants there are in gainesville never been there definitely got to go up there but at least in miami if you've ever been to miami if you're from miami there's so many restaurants to choose from so this is honestly one of the hardest questions i've ever asked myself but if you could only eat at one restaurant for the next year 365 days only one restaurant which would it be doesn't have to be in gainesville it could be anywhere in the world 
So the lame answer is my favorite restaurant from back home is called Hooligans. It's like a sports bar, but I mean, their wings alone I could eat for probably a month straight and I wouldn't get tired of them. But everything on their menu is fantastic. You know, it, once I start to put on a good 20 or 30 pounds, you know, they have <laughs> salads and stuff that I can switch over to. But nice. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so where, Josh, where's your hometown? Where is this located? I'm from Daytona Beach, actually. Daytona Beach. Okay, so Hooligans in Daytona Beach. Is there only one restaurant? No, it's like a mini chain around there. So fun fact, the guy who owns it, or one of the owners, like the big investor, mm -hmm. is Gail Limerin, which mm. you are probably familiar with Gail Limerin Street that runs through Gainesville. Yeah. Or that runs through U.S. campus. Wow, interesting. Okay, so I'm going to flip the question now. Favorite restaurant in Gainesville? Help me out. What, where should I go that I haven't been to yet? Uh, dude, so La Tienda was my go-to for a long time. Uh -huh. I love La Tienda. Um, my favorite places as of late. Also, La Tienda is one of those places where you can't go wrong with anything on the menu. I've been getting like the tongue, like the goat tongue burrito or something before, and that's amazing. Mm. Um, but... The last place that I ate at whenever I was there this weekend was Chopsticks, which is down on 13th, which like overlooks a lake. And mm -hmm. I'd never actually eaten there before. I don't know how, but it was amazing. The pho was delicious. Huh. Um, and then Satch Squared is fairly new. And I've been eating that like every other weekend now. It's so good. Isn't it? Josh, tell the people, isn't it so easy to gain weight in Gainesville? Dude, I can't be the only one. The freshman 15 is... It's a real 25. thing. Yeah, yeah. like freshman 25. It's, yeah. it's for real. It's so good. Have you been to... By the way, I've been to La Tienda, great Mexican food. Uh, but have you been to El Indio on 13th? Yes, Jeez. El Indio. I, I went through a very strong phase of going between those two. And I still eat there a lot. Their, their refried beans are amazing. And apparently they have really good hamburgers too, but I've never actually had them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's one of my favorite places, Gabe. When you come to Gainesville, you got to try it. It's Mexican, and it's so cool because it's a drive through Mexican place. You can also sit there, but it's outdoors, like very authentic Mexican food. It's delicious. And yeah, I live right next to it, which, which doesn't help. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing all these down, man. La Tienda, La Indio. Everything. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping note, man, whenever yeah. I head up there. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, Joshua. Now you made me hungry, so I'm probably going to have to go to El Indio after this and <laughs> grab a bite or something. Day before this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Josh, let's, let's get started here. Let's, let's get to know you a little bit more, get to know about your business. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us about your business? So... My name is actually Josh or Dave, whatever you want to call me. Everybody asks, where'd Dave come from? Um, the story goes, my handwriting was so bad in high school that my teacher got Dave Ritter out of Joshua Rittenauer on the first day in my <laughs> economics class. So that was then my, nick my name for the next three years was Dave. And I just started using it for like, social media purposes like my instagram was dave ritter and it still is <laughs> um but and then whenever i eventually started to come up with my name i was just like ah dave like sounds so much better for naming purposes and like whenever you're kind of like aware of it you see so many dave's businesses like da i literally saw dave's taxidermy last weekend 
Dave's plumbing, Dave's electrical, whatever. It's just a really good like <laughs> blue collar name, but Josh just doesn't flow as well. But yeah. So anyways, I've been, I don't know. I've been like going to flea markets and stuff with my family, literally my whole life. Like whenever we go on trips to see my great grandmother up in Virginia, you know, whenever I'm like four or five, I have memories of going to the flea markets there. And then whenever my brothers were in high school, I would drive around with them. They're older than me, like six and eight years older than me. So whenever they were in high school, I'd go around to thrift stores with them. And then whenever I eventually got my own car and I was in high school, I started going out on my own looking for stuff. And, you know, I just look for cool, interesting things for myself. And eventually I started to you know, I'm, I've always been a big sports fan. I've always been a big Gators fan, Orlando Magic fan. I would start looking for those things for myself. But then I was coming across all this other stuff that I didn't necessarily want, but I thought my friends might be into. So I'd start like flipping that to them just to kind of like fund my own collection because I never really liked asking my parents for like money or an allowance. And I never had or they wouldn't let me get an actual job in high school because they're like, you know, school comes first. So I kind of just continued that into college. And whenever I got into UF, then it just like became full on everything Gators from there. And, you know, I was just looking for everything Gators. And I mean, I, I eventually got so much that I would have to start selling the Gators stuff because, you know, you got to learn to pick and choose what's actually like most important to you. So I would start flipping it to other people and, you know, it just kind of started to pick up and I don't know, I kind of found myself going to thrift stores and like scouring the internet more than like I was showing up to class. And like at the time there wasn't any vintage markets or anything in Gainesville, like those weren't a thing. It wasn't until like literally my last semester that kind of the first one of that happened. And I don't know, it was really cool. And while I was in college, I had a job at Publix or I worked at Publix for like four years and, you know, I'm selling stuff on eBay and online and whatnot. And I started to realize I'm like, dude, I'm literally making more in a day online than my week's paycheck at Publix and I'm working like 40 hours a week. I'm like, why am I even working this job? Mm. I was working it because they did tuition reimbursement. It is a great job if you're in college, they'll pay for your school. So (laughs) I got to give the Publix plug, but yeah, I don't know. And then, so my original, I I was economics the entire time I was in college, but I was also doing pre-dental at the same time. I was like, you know, economics will be my backup, but I want to try and become an orthodontist. Well, I did that for like three years and I would not a recommend that to anybody because it was horrible with the overlap, but I finally just kind of made the decision one day of like, I don't want like whenever I see myself, whenever I picture myself in 10 years, like I see myself doing this, like flipping clothes to people, like I don't see myself cleaning people's teeth like I didn't want to do that so I don't know I was kind of like I just didn't want to disappoint my parents for a while and I just kind of lied to myself for a while but finally one day I was just like all right like 
this is it. Like I'm going to get my degree, you know, I'm going to graduate, but whenever I'm done, like this is what I want to do full time. And here we are five years later, four years later, whatever. I graduated in 2017, however many years later. <laughs> nice, man. I, I, I love, I love your story and I find it so interesting. And, you know, we've had so many people on this podcast as well that a lot of their businesses either come and are born out of like these side hustles or like just like these things that they do as a passion, right? Like you mentioned, you started just, you know, sourcing these these clothes and these shirts that are, you know, vintage for yourself, you know, stuff that you just love to to wear that you thought was really interesting. And it came to a point where you started to realize that this was something that you could actually flip and, and make money off of. But if it wasn't for you actually doing that to begin with and doing it for yourself and actually finding the love for it, I don't think, you know, your business would be where it is today. And I just admire that so much because a lot of people today ask me, hey, like what what business should I get into or what should I do with my life or, you know, what startup should I invest in today? And it's like a lot of times it's just look around and kind of be be interested in what you're what you're actually doing. And if you actually are self-aware and what like the things that you're actually interested in, some of these business ideas can actually be born out of that. But Dave, my question to you, and I'm sorry if I call you Dave, Josh, I'm probably going to be going back and forth this whole Dude, podcast. I answered it both in public. I hear Dave <laughs> and I go, huh? Yeah. So my question to you with all that being said, I mean, like you mentioned, it's five, it's been five years now that you've been doing this and, and Dave's, uh, you know, your store is, is so I'm sure, you know, well known, especially in the, the Gainesville area, your social media is blowing up. You've created a name for yourself, created a brand for yourself. But I'm sure not every day was easy. I'm sure maybe some days you weren't making that much on, on a day on eBay or maybe you had some some days that you lost money. What were some of the challenges and the obstacles that you had to you know jump through in order to become the successful entrepreneur you are today? Just honestly kind of getting people to like get it. Like to this day, people still don't get it. Vintage is definitely more prevalent now and it's a huge thing like vintage is taking over streetwear and fashion and like the market as we know it but i've been doing this for like i like i'm jokingly an old head people call you know people that have been doing it for a long time like old heads but like i really am because whenever i first started doing this like not a lot of people were and, you know, the comments that I would get at markets and whenever I'd sell stuff is like, so it's used. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like, not really the point. And they're like, well, you know, I can buy that, you know, I can buy this at, you know, Walmart for this. I'm like, well, you can't because this doesn't exist anymore. You know, this is 20 years old. And, you know, I still get those comments every day, more so just with like old people because like, they don't get it. But, you know, like years ago, whenever I would do these markets, uh, I would have something out and it was it was just kind of like the flea market mentality of like, you know, the price isn't the price. I would tell somebody, you know, $50 and they're like, cool, would you take 15? And I'm like, no, or, you know, I would kind of wiggle with it. But now, like 95% of the time, whenever I tell somebody a price, well, I tag all my stuff, but whenever they excuse me, whenever they see the price, they're like, cool, great. Yeah. Cause they get it. Like they know. And you know, they, and, Oh, the other big comment is like, Oh, well I can, I can find this myself. Where'd you get this goodwill? And it's not that simple. I really don't like, I still, 
I source in a lot of different ways, but like, you know, I get my stuff in a lot of really creative ways, but it's not that easy. I'm, you know, I tell people, I'm like, all right, you know, good luck, go for it. And once they kind of realize that Mm. it's not that simple, they understand like why I'm asking what I'm asking, like my curated collection and what I offer, like I'm not only offering you the product, I'm offering you the service of I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been building relationships with people for 10 years. Like I've gone through the trouble of finding it, hand washing it. Like my whites, whenever I clean them, it's a over 24 hour process. Like a lot of effort goes in from like me getting it to you actually getting to enjoy it. Like, Mm. and people are like finally understanding that and seeing that and, that was really kind of one of the big things. And then the other thing is completely different, but people seeing me like, yes, I'm a business, but I consider myself more than that. Like I Mm kind of consider myself like it is a museum in a way, like Mm -hmm. what I have aside from the university of Florida, like Mm -hmm. I, I probably have the world's largest private collection of vintage uh, university of Florida memorabilia so you know other podcasts and people i've approached them and been like hey you know i'd love to be on your show as a guest kind of talk about what i do i could you know do show and tell whatever i i think your our demographics are kind of the same i think you'd appreciate Mm -hmm. it you know i'm not a former player or sports analyst by any means Mm -hmm. but i think what i do is pretty interesting and i think your people would appreciate that too and they're like cool would you like to sponsor us? And I'm mm. like, mm. no, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. So yeah. like getting people to see me more than a business, like, I don't know. I'm kind of like in a gray area. Cause like what I did, I really did kind of create a job and it's kind of more than just like, you know, whatever towing company sponsoring the university of Florida. I don't know. Right. It's, it's the idea of you're not selling people merchandise, really. It's going beyond that. It's, it's an artwork, right? Yeah. You're selling people an artwork and until people buy into that message, they, they won't get it like you're saying. So I, you know, that's a very, it, that's a very significant struggle, I think, as an entrepreneur to have, because that's like, okay, how am I going to brand myself? Did, did in, in these last five years, have you ever had any doubts of, oh, maybe this might not work as I thought it would be? Did you ever have that um, self-doubt as an entrepreneur with your business without within these last five years? Oh, every day. I mean, mm. like, trust me, whenever I see my credit card bills of like what I'm spending on stuff and I see the mounds of stuff and I'm like, why do I have this much? Like, you know, like what, like what if I can't sell this stuff? You know, why am I doing this? You know, I, I put all this, you know, I'll do drops where I put in you know, a week plus of effort and it just kind of like flops because, you know, Instagram stopped showing my stuff or just people aren't buying it. And like, it's a real struggle, but then there's just like those moments that, you know, you kind of realize why you're doing it. And I've I've learned, you've got to like invest in yourself sometimes and kind of like take that risk in yourself. Like it's an investment for the future. And I don't know. I, my method is, or my mindset has always been like, I use 
the hardware store example. If a hardware store runs out of hammers, they can call up their supplier and they can get hammers anytime they want. You know, with the whole supply chain thing going on right now, I guess it's a little bit different, but you get the idea. For me, my stuff, it's not being made. I don't make it. I have to find it. So whenever I find it, I have to buy it. So like I'm putting out a lot of money. So, you know, because whenever that opportunity does come, I want to have that. And that opportunity really just came to me or one of these opportunities just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram, but hmm. I had the opportunity to work with uh, Florida Gators football program and they hit me up and, you know, they uh, they were like, we want to do a uh, I kind of pitched the idea to them. It's a whole story, but. I was able, in short, to supply a bunch of stuff for their recruits to do um, photos. They wanted to do a vintage photo shoot with all these, you know, high schoolers coming to UF, trying to get persuaded, you know, to come play there. And they wanted to do vintage photo shoots with them. They were like, you know, okay, we need X amount of pieces. Can you supply that? I said, absolutely. You know, I've got it. And that's kind of why I've made that investment of having all this stuff on hand, because if an opportunity presents itself, I want to say like, yes, I have it. I don't want to be then, you know, struggling to find the stuff. I don't know. I kind of yeah. went on a tangent there. No, <laughs> you're good. I, I, the original question. I think it's, it's again, just unique and your business, any product based business is so capital intensive. And yours in particular, because it's not something that you can just buy in bulk from, you know, a manufacturer that you can buy thousands of pieces at once and it gets delivered to your doorstep. Not only is it cost, does it cost more, but I'm sure it, it takes a lot of your time. My question to you is, and I'm, you know, I completely respect the fact if you don't want to give any of your secrets out, but what does that sourcing process look like for you? Like what is maybe what is, is that what you do like Monday through Friday? You kind of just hit up different vintage shops or like different um places how do you find some of this stuff because i've seen your collection and it is deep bro it is it's fire it's pretty yeah it's, it's fire it is I, intense and i just want to know because i go you know maybe thrifting a couple times with my girlfriend and stuff and i have no luck bro i don't know how you do it but just give me a little point G give me some pointers what do you do bro so i tell everybody finding it is really like the full-time job in itself mm. like whenever i say mm. i've been you know, working on these relationships for the past 10 years, like it really, I really have been like, there's people that I've been like, you know, paying my way in, like showing them, like, if you get Gators stuff, I have the money, I will buy it. I don't want you selling it to other people. Like I am here with the money. When you find it, let me know. And it's kind of just like, you know, you got to start out just Whenever they give you a price, okay, sure, cool, here's it. I just try and make it as easy as possible. But really, like I I don't personally thrift my stuff that much anymore. Like I go out to thrift stores here and there just kind of looking for like other stuff, like the non-Gators, you know, other side of the business stuff. But as for Gators stuff, like I'm traveling around to markets throughout the state, like this weekend coming up, I'm driving up to Atlanta. There's a big convention going on up there. I'll get to network, you know, hopefully buy some stuff off of people. But 
really it's coming from like other pickers like luckily vintage is so big now that there's all these other vintage dealers that kind of just deal in more broad things but since i've kind of become known as the vintage gator guy a lot of people as they find things they just kind of hit me up and i buy it off of them and there's a lot of people that buy from rag houses where you know it's these giant warehouses where they're picking through bales of clothes like literally thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of clothes they pick through it they're getting it for pennies they're then selling it to wholesale buyers and then i'm then buying it from those people so sometimes by the time i've gotten things it's changed hands like two or three times so it's getting really you know you just have to get creative i try and buy things from former players and teammates whenever i can i have packages coming in from all over the country all over the world like i get stuff from taiwan and japan and oh my god you know countries overseas like pretty regularly like yeah you just it's everywhere like whenever they say the gator nation is everywhere like mm. you're not joking it's kind of crazy where this stuff ends up sometime but like i like literally from the time i wake up i'm on my mm. phone until the time i go to bed like i'm just looking that Josh, that is so impressive, and and hopefully I should have worn my the bomber jacket that I bought from you because it is, Gabe. Did you see it? I think I showed you. I did. It see is it. sick. I did. That, see that it. was that was amazing. I'm jealous. It it is so nice. The first thing I did was snap it to Gabe and and all my close friends because I I love it, and I'll post it. I'll post it in like maybe the the notes of this or on Instagram later. Uh, it's just so nice, and I I you're, the quality of it, and and it was just a great experience buying that product from you. No, Josh, I'm, I'm glad you love it, man. And I always tell people, yeah. like, there's a reason why this stuff is here 30 or 40 years later. Like, it, it was built to last. They yeah. just, they do not make stuff like they used to. Right. It, it's insane. And, you know, you're, you're sharing your story here. And I'm thinking, how how did you, how did you know to do all this? How did you know that you had to establish your, your network in order to be so successful? Did you have a mentor or someone maybe in the business that you admired that kind of taught you the ropes? Or did you just learn from trial and error, trial and error, failure after failure. How did you establish yourself? Because I'm trying to think of someone who's listening right now uh, and just saying like, wow, like you moved successfully so quickly at such a fast pace. Like you kind of just knew where to go and who to talk to. Tell us a little bit about that. Did you have anyone that guided you or did you learn it all yourself? Like as far as a business mentor or like for a long time, it was really just kind of like, from a distance seeing other people like there were the big names in vintage before me like slobby robbie of generation cool mr throwback in uh new york round two like these big companies that you know i myself wanted to emulate but nobody was really doing what i was doing of just one very specific things because i'm kind of hypocritical whenever i say it but i always tell people like don't limit yourself but then i'm literally limiting myself to like one very niche market <laughs> and it didn't come along until um i started this guy hits me up on ebay and he's like hey i want all your fsu stuff and he always jokes around that he's like, dude, you were kind of a dick whenever I first met you. Cause like I told him, I'm like, oh, you know, I buy this stuff wholesale. I can't really wholesale, like, you know, these are my prices. <laughs> nice. And then he hits me up on Instagram, Junkman Doug, 
who, if you know, uh, if you've seen me talk about him, he's my FSU counterpart. Like we just kind of instantly clicked because everybody's like, Oh, how can you be friends with an FSU guy? And I'm like, because I just really love vintage. And if somebody's really passionate about something, like I, I love to see that. And, you know, we instantly hit it off and he's two or three years older than me. And I joke with him that he stole my business from me, but he's like, I never even knew about you. Like you're crazy. Cause he started doing it um, several years after me, but he claims he never, he had never seen my page, but um, you know, he, we kind of became each other's business mentors. Like since we don't directly um, interfere with each other, I mean, we're now like a day doesn't go by where we're not like on the phone talking with each other, just kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other. And he, I tell him he's the one who ruined my life because he's kind of the one who made me just go like full on investing anything into buying this stuff. Because like I was very, I was still very much like the Gator guy, but what I owned back then was nowhere near what I have now. And he kind of gave me the mentality of like, dude, buy it when you get it. And, you know, he is definitely my biggest business mentor in this of just like, you know, like I said, we talk every day and he gives me ideas. I give him ideas. And like, if you, if anybody follows both of our pages, like you can just very see that they're very, very similar. It's the same, but different. (laughs) That's that's so awesome, and I, I I love the question about the mentorship, and and that was something I was really interested in because, again, like I said, I'm I'm very I'm very much into vintage and all this, but I've I've never really seen. I mean, I know Depop. I'm sure you're familiar with that, and that yeah. popped up a couple some time ago, and and that you know was one of the factors that might have put vintage where it is today, and all these different applications and different things that are really putting vintage where they deserve in in the clothing and the fashion industry. But I had never seen anyone doing it like to the extent that you are. And I was like, as Anthony was asking that question, I'm like, who could he learn from? Because this guy, I feel like, is one of the first ones doing it, right? And you're really revolutionizing the way people look at vintage. And my next question to you is, and I think you mentioned it, you touched on it for a second there, is how you were able to niche down on a market. Yes, you might have been limiting yourself, but there's so many, you know, conversations and it might even be controversial to some people about, you know, niching down on a specific thing. How important do you think it was for you to like kind of hone in and hyper focus on Gator and UF uh, merch and and vintage stuff? How much do you think it really impacted your business? Oh, so much. Like I tell people, make your market. Like you can, I don't know, this sounds like bad in a way, but like I want, I could grind out and you know do ebay and just not care just solely be about the money and i could probably be making a lot more money just doing that selling random things whatever but in a way i wanted to be known for something and like gators is what i love and the passion shows like i tell everybody make your market but do it in what you're passionate about because i'm like oh nobody sell i've jokingly said Oh, nobody sells Georgia, you know, vintage Georgia bulldog stuff. I could do that. But I would get tired of that so quickly because people would see a that I don't care 
And I wouldn't, like I would have no effort for it. And, you know, you've just got to do what you're passionate about. Like some people just really do just care about the paycheck at the end of the day. And that's all right. But you got to remember that you're doing this for a long time. Like, you know, one guy came up with the idea for an axe throwing uh, building. And now you see one in every city across America. Like one person comes up with an idea and then somebody says, oh, Mm. I bet I could make money doing that. But like, you got to be doing that for a long time. Like, I really hope you like throwing axes that much. (laughs) So I don't know. Do like if you're passionate about what you do you'll find a way to make it work. And that's what I did. Like people see my passion and I show them why these things are cool and they appreciate that. Mm. And I don't know, make make your market. If you're passionate about it, you'll make it work. You know, and and your energy and your passion seeps through. Like just this conversation when I met you at the market, uh, you were so kind because I know that day was really windy and you were packing up because everything was flying everywhere and and you were kind enough to let me go through your van and and look at the shirts and I I finally ended up buying one. Uh, Your energy is just there. Like I can tell you're very invested into Gator stuff. You're a reliable source. I know that what you're selling is it's going to be good. It's going to be good quality. I never have to second guess it. And that's such an important lesson that you just talked about because I, I feel like a lot of people try to be in, in every market. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, Orlando Magic and then FSU and UF and Miami Heat. I got it all. I'm the vintage guy. Like I got it all. That's but, where I was trying to circle to. So yes, go ahead. like vintage selling is huge. Like, mm-hmm. like there is no shortage of people online reselling, but mm-hmm. To kind of, you know, hyper-focusing on one thing has helped me to gain a following Mm -hmm. because if you like Indiana Pacers and you follow a random vintage page, Mm -hmm. it's just as they're finding stuff. You could could follow Mm -hmm. them for three years before they find some Indiana Pacers thing. Right, right. But Mm -hmm. if you like Florida Gators... Cool. What do you want? Polos, jackets, crewnecks. What size do you need? What color do you need? Mm. Like, I have everything. I like mm. if if you're looking for something, there is a very good chance that I have it. And that's mm. where hyper focusing on something has helped me out in this because it's helped me to be able to gain a following instead of just kind of like, you know, hoping mm. that I find something that somebody needs in their size. Mm, exactly it's that mindset of being really really good at one thing in one market rather than being average in 50 like exactly. it makes more sense i i, I agree 100 percent with you and as we wrap up here dave what mindset should young entrepreneurs have right we're, we're here at the mindset podcast what we like to promote is is the mindset you're right? changing people's mindsets um as an entrepreneur as someone who has a successful business what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur who maybe already got started or is looking to get started in any business? What, what's the mindset they should have? Kind of really what I was saying just about like make your market. If you're passionate about it, find a way to make it work. Like if you just really love uh, 5K, you know, running 5K marathon t-shirts and that's what you want to sell, great. Make it happen. Show people why it's as cool as you think it's cool. And then the other thing is, is the worst somebody can say is no. Obviously, like, you you know, don't be annoying, but, like, some of the best opportunities that I've had in doing stuff is just cold calling and, you know, putting my name out there and not necessarily, like, fake it, 
faking it until I made it, but you know, fluffing up the the resume a little bit here and there just to, you know, make yourself sound as good as you think you are. But yeah, the worst somebody can say is no, like shoot your shot. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, like you've got to be able to talk to people. I don't know, like start talking to people, go to your local flea market and just like, just try haggling with somebody. Like you got to get that, you know, you got to be able to just like shoot your shot with people and, you know, get, I don't know, be friendly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get back to the basics. Sometimes people think that there's like this special formula to being a business owner and entrepreneur, but you know, Anthony and I always like to say it's, it's one about being kind, being yourself and, and, you know, learning the skills that come, come along with it. But man, Dave, you're, you're doing, I I know, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but dude, that is, that is the biggest thing ever being nice and pleasant in this is the biggest thing ever. Like on the eBay side of things, people will hit me up and they will just like the messages that you get are insane. People wanting to buy something off of me will be like, there's no way this is worth this. You're lucky that I'm offering you this. Like you need to take it. I'm like, why would I ever work with you? On the flip side of that, people will message me and be like, hey man, I really like this item, you know, but this is just what I have right now. If there's any room that you could work on it, let me know. And I'm like, hey, you know, I appreciate it. You know, I'd be willing to do this. And they're like, great, I can do that. If you're not being nice in this goes such a long way. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. And especially in business, there's like this negative connotation to like, it's being super cutthroat and, and just rude and cold. But we're here to turn that table, man. And you're crushing it with that. And you're definitely setting that example, Dave. Uh, before we go, what what do you think Dave's freshly used? Where do you think that'll be in the next uh, five years? Do you see how yourself having like your own pop-up shop, your own location? I know Anthony mentioned you have like a van. Where do you see yourself going in the next couple of years? I mean, I'd love to have a brick and mortar store one day with my, excuse me, with my fiance being in med school. You know, it's a little bit of, traveling around with her right now. And I'm very fortunate that with the business that I do, I'm able to do that with her. But I would love to have a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. store and something that I've jokingly said, but something I've really been kind of manifesting in a way is like, I want to be the official vintage supplier of the University of Florida. I'm like, let's go. If if there's an official tow company of them the official soft drink there's an official whatever i'm like why can't i be the official vintage supplier of them and you know i I think i'm one step closer with you know getting to do these recruit photos so yeah make it happen that's huge and dave i can't let you go without doing the gator chomp we gotta let them know (laughs) that's awesome thank you so much for joining us um this would be a really fun episode for people to well this is at the end but hopefully you saw this on youtube rather than listen to it because you got to see the the show and tell that Dave showed us in the beginning. But thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Dave, where can we find you? Did, did you mention that yet? Instagram? Where can we uh, find Instagram, your... Instagram, Dave's Freshly Used. Twitter, it's Dave's Freshly USD. Um, yeah, those are the two big ones. I think I'm on, I'm on TikTok as well. I'm trying to get that going again. Let's but go. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, check me out. That's where I post all my upcoming markets and stuff. Oh, my website, davesfreshlyused.com. If you want to get your own vintage Gator goodies, you can shop my site there. 
Let's, Let's go. go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Thank it, you man. so much. No, Appreciate thank you it, guys. Dude. It was a pleasure. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mindset Podcast. We were so thrilled and honored to have Dave, Josh, whatever you want to call him, on our episode today. Make sure to check out his website, his Instagram, social media, Dave's Freshly Used. Uh, He can hit you up with anything vintage-related. And if you're a Gator fan and you love vintage, then this is your guy. We really hope you left with a lot of value from this episode. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur, but it is worth it. So make sure to stay tuned for our next episodes. Take care.